Hello? Yeah, hello? Yes? Yeah, I'm looking for an artist. Oh, okay. I'm looking for an artist. Alright. Yeah. This is from Indonesia. How'd you know that? I think they're famous for Prince, isn't it? Yeah. You went to Indonesia? I did. Dom's taking a picture of me right now. Huh? When? Go ahead. I went to Indonesia. My in-laws actually started a college there. So... We went out there and visited them. It's part of, like, what college they... Espeha Upeha. Upeha. Yeah. Are you taking a selfie with your... No, it works. It's a recording moment. Welcome, Dom. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Don't be afraid to get in the mic, but also don't be afraid to breathe in the space. Okay. Yeah. How's your day going? Pretty good. Good. All right. So, Dom, before we get into this, I'm going to ask you question of the day. Okay. Question of the day is, if you could find a machine, and it's called the any machine, like A-N-Y machine, not a time machine, an any machine. Mm Mm-hmm. If you could hop into an any machine and go anywhere, as anything, doing anything, for any length of time, what would you be doing? For how long? As what? Where? Dead air. <laughs> oh, wow. Good question. You cannot be a time machine. You want to be a time machine? Well, you want to go back in time and watch certain... You could. Yeah. But it's different than a time machine, because if you hop into a time machine, you could just go back to 2002, Mm -hmm. right? But in in any machine, you could go back to 2002, but as that one raindrop that hit you in the eye on your birthday, and you just Mm -hmm. remember that one moment, you could go back as that raindrop. I think I would not look too much into what it is for now. If I'm thinking about these any machine, I would thinking time machine would be good for me because I want to go through, you know, go to old times and see how people live. Would you want to see it like as a movie or would you want to be no, I back be in your there, body? Back in traveling, you know, just go on. Knowing what you know now? Yes. Because I'm always curious how people in the past live. Sometimes you watch these old clips and say, hey, I wish I could get back in there. But you know that time already passed. There's no way you go back. 
and people always have fascination how good old days are. But I was like, wow, it may not be that great if you actually live there. So wow. if you can travel back to see that, I could tell you. You, you could just say, I, no. That- I don't think that's, that's great. Because like, I think a lot of time people, just how memory plays in right. a mind. The good old days may not be that great if you actually live there. So you like seeing things for what they are. Well, that's a perfect segue. Dom, this is Looking for Artists. Welcome to Looking for Artists. Thank you. This is it. Okay. The series is about what we're doing now, which is exploring the artists that are among us. Okay. We know them. They've been here. I've known you. You've been in my life. Mm -hmm. And so what I want to do now is show people the artist that I know Mm -hmm. and want them to get to know the work that you do, if you don't mind. Good. Good. All right, so I may ask you some questions that we've already discussed and I know the answers to, but they don't. Mm-hmm. And so I want to let these people, our listeners, know Dom. So, Dom, how are you? Good. Where are you from? I'm originally from Hong Kong, and I lived here for 30 years, so in New York for a long time. A long time of the 30 years that yeah. you've been in the States. Yeah. Okay. And do you miss Hong Kong? Yes and no, and that's the place I grew up, and there's a lot of history, and also why I move living over here, there's a lot of things changing. Hmm. So, like I said, like the time machine concept, you know, my past was there. If you go back, it just, things change, things are different, and... right. Right. So these days are. It's a it's a hard question. Like, do you miss the past because you you can never revisit it? And even if you do, knowing what you do now, it's it will never be the same. And I also think that there's this weird thing that happens to our memories where we have a memory of the memory. We don't even really remember what happened, but we remember the movie of the memory. Well, you re- I think a lot of times our memory we recreate our memory. Right. You know, just how you re- remember those moments, and I think somewhere along the line, I just I was following a lot of different things on um, Facebook, and you know, all these like old clips, and all of a sudden, I was like, I don't really want to watch any of these clips anymore. All the history clips, I'm sick of it, tired of it, because I just like, well, you const- you can't just constantly looking back. And I think a lot of time we live in the moment and we create future, you know. This there's a moment of being nostalgic about the past, but sometimes I say, I can't move on if I keep looking back. Right. There's a lot of references you could do it. Right. But you're not you're creating your life is not moving on. So So why did you move on to America? Well, I'm I'm Going to, I'm going to college and learning different, you know, taking on different things. And so you came to study. Yep. And what did you study when you came here? I was in accounting, and I'm still an accountant. I'm a CPA, so that's what I do for t- people's tax returns, and that's what I'm trained to do. And what do you do in your heart? Your passion. What did you What did you train in your heart to do? 
I never think of like going to sing professionally. I know I, I know I have a voice, but just that you always think, well, singing is really for certain people. I'm not a movie star. I'm not a star in that sense. I think like, it depends on the like style also, of singing. Like right? also, like professional musician is never really what you grow up, you know, acceptable career path. Like, it's not encouraged. Like, you also, you know, sometimes you look at, well, there's only certain people can do it. Yeah. It's like very, right. that, that circle is very tight. And even the people within that circle, I feel like they're encouraged to sing, but they're not necessarily taught, you know, how to do that professionally. True. You know? But America is like even much bigger platform. Having a lot more audience, you know, live different choices, different right. type of music. Because where I grew up in Hong Kong is very tight. Hmm. Everything just pop. You don't do that, you're out. Like everyone just associate professionals being singer is just about making on TV and that. Like I was like, I'm not built for that. But do you have a passion for it? I think I learned, you know, I know a lot of songs growing up, like, like listening to songs. Like, yeah. I know all these pop songs. I was a little kid. I remember a lot of lyrics. I could tell, you know, every song listened to the first five seconds, I know what that song is just by listening. And I guess, like, dreams, like, you know, as a little kid, hey, I can sing on TV, but I can do that. But, like, when you're really thinking about it, that market was just tight. That is not <laughs> a really viable option. For you know, a lot of people to make a living. To make a living, so I guess like right, that's how I grow up thinking. You know, huh. you don't do anything to jeopardize. You you just try to be saved. You find something could make money. So you yeah, that makes sense then. Accounting. Yeah. Yeah, you have like an accountant's brain. Yeah. But you like music, so you sing as well. Yes. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, Dom. <clears throat> When I started singing with you in the choir, I was actually attracted by the passion that you were showing. So whether or not you you want to identify as a singer because it may not be the most viable option, you know, whether that was in your mind growing up, you know, surrounded by the culture that you were, or then moving here to study accounting, and then so you think that you're an accountant. But I think, like, to me, you are a singer, Mm-hmm. among many other things. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think you're, I can feel your passion in singing, mm-hmm. and it motivates me to be a better singer. Cool. So whether or not you think of yourself in that way, I, you, you are to me, so that's part of the reason you're on. So, you're, mm-hmm. so how long have you been singing? Because you do sing. Well, I think since I was a little kid, I have recordings. Okay, yeah. You know, you pick up a mic, then you memorize a lot of songs, and you sing it, and then... And like in the shower or what? No, actually, like I was singing in front of my family and oh, fun. And then you're just like kids stuff doing that. Then you also sing in the church choir, sing in school choirs. I think that's when you know you were selected to do it because not everyone got picked, hmm. only certain people. Hmm. And you know, then in music class, you know, we all have exams. I remember my teacher said, "Well, you don't really need to do it. You sing enough. I know." I know, right. I know how you sing. Right. So, so you kind of like get a pass for not taking the exam. So it's like kind of, oh. And I remember when my teacher tell my parents, like, 
told my mom, it's like, oh, you should consider sending him to England back then to, for for music. He's gifted. But, like, I think my family couldn't afford it. Hmm. or never thinking this is a good option. So they didn't, they didn't, you know, they listened to thank you, but they didn't really follow through. Yeah. And I think a lot of time I, I learned how to play the piano. I learned different things. But everything, I think, I learned guitar. I think everything revolved around I really want to sing. Hmm. So these are the side thing, try to get myself playing music. To in a better position to be singing. Yes, because I was like, well, my ultimate things I love to sing. So it's not, I, I'm, I'm not passionate about playing the piano. I'm not passionate that, right. I'm not that passionate playing the guitar. Right. I want to sing. You know, something that I think you're speaking to is like growing up when you, I think it happens specifically with artists, like performing artists, like singers. When adults find out that you can sing, you have this weird pass for certain things, Mm -hmm. like showing up late Mm -hmm. for school. It's, oh, okay, it's okay, because you were in the concert last night, or, you know, Mm -hmm. leading singing for chapel or for other Mm -hmm. school events like you get this weird pass you can be late to things you have privileges to be in the school at other times you know and did you feel this weird like push behind you or this energy or this force that was outside of your control that was kind of encouraging you to do music it was like a wind behind some sort of a sail well where we grow up where where i grew up it's pretty rigid environment. Like you don't do that. Hmm. There's no. They don't take you out of you know anything. But I think you also realize you have a little power. You know you can sing. You know you can hit that notes. Hmm. You know other people couldn't. You see your friends couldn't do it, and you can and do it at ease. So I think that little thing's like, hey, I know I can do this. I can sing that note. You know when the teacher was like doing these quiet. We all can sing that. And you can actually mold all the... That's what I learned later on. I was teaching kids. I was like, well, you can actually teach them to sing any language you want, and they can do it. Right. It's just by listening. It's just by keep practicing. You right. could attain that. So I think that's what I learned from early on singing in the children's choir or school choir. And in terms of feeling special, I... I think it was just, you know, this is just one of the extracurricular activities. That's how you saw it in your mind? Yes. and But we okay. also, like, you know, I remember in high school, there's singing competition. So a lot of your friends, a couple of people that can sing, you, can, you always end up competing against each other. Hmm. So when... Like friendly competition? Yes. But, like, you, you also, like, try to outdo, yeah. outperform each yeah. other. yeah. So it's kind of, it's a great motivation because, you know, you perfect how you sing. That's how, you know, my background, I, I'm Chinese, so we speak Cantonese, but we sing English songs, we'll pick it. But I think one girl who can sing really well, she sing very, without accent, like very, without Chinese accent. So it kind of pushed everybody to attain that. You know, mm-hmm. we need to sing as good as she does because that's how she won. Mm-hmm. So I think it pushes everyone towards that route. And so you kind of pay a lot more attention to what you do. 
So when I was a kid and my mom allowed me to spend my own money to buy my first CD, it was um, Frank's, like one of Frank Sinatra's best hits collections. How old were you? 12, maybe, or 11. The next CD was 50 Cent, Get Rich or Die Trying, but mm. let's not talk about that. But I remember putting on Frank Sinatra's CD and like listening to that crooning quality and falling in love with the sound and trying to mimic it, you mm-hmm. know, um, while I was walking to school or, you know, sports practice, and whatever. That was before in puberty. the shower. It was before or during. I can't really remember. I think it was like. Can you hit that range? Like. I, the lower stuff, yeah, I've, I've always oh, had wow. a low voice. So that's why I loved it, too, is because I was like, oh, there's a guy who's singing and his voice is showcased and it's not super, super high. Because <laughs> I always thought those those songs were super high and so I couldn't, that wasn't accessible to me, so I couldn't relate, but I could relate to Frank Sinatra. But do you did you have like an artist or a CD or a couple of songs that you remember learning that really hooked you at first? Oh. My first <laughs> cassette tape, <laughs> yeah, the sound of music, because that's what I asked. My uncle was like, "Oh, I buy you something, you know, I'll, I'll give you a present. What do you want?" Then I picked the sound of music because I think I learned some of the songs, and my mom taught me a little bit. And then I went to see the movie. I said, "Hey, I want to learn that." And after that, I was just listening to that over and over. I don't know what every kid does. I, I now I know that some, you know. Kids were watch, watch the same movie over and over. I didn't remember mm-hmm. doing that, but but the sound of music. I listened so much. I kind of remember every notes <laughs> to a point. Like I exactly, I still have it in mind. I know how Julie Andrews sings certain part of it, and I think that helps a lot because like you sometimes you're not channeling her, but like you just try to sing like that. Why well, was I having a much more high? voice mm-hmm. she kind of like mimicking what she does and i think sometimes like that's how you pick up learning i still use the same method sometimes you just keep listening to the same thing over and over and that's how you perfect little thing you know i think that's what my learning from the the sound of music repetition repetition i also don't know whether it kind of help you to connect your brain because you listen so much to the music yeah Yes. I think there's also an educational element of Sound of Music, too. Yeah. Yeah. The Soulfish system and whatnot. Yeah. And even in the movie. The diction, how she... The diction, <laughs> right? And how and she's, she's teaching at that, every moment. Yeah. yeah. And even the choreography. The, oh, I didn't the, watch that part, Oh, well, the like, blocking like in the movie. Just listen, yeah. Very intentional. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's really... That's interesting. Sound of Music, that's great. I mean... The the movie that my mom bought for me that convinced me not to try out for sports the next season was High School Musical. Okay. So High School Musical is my sound of music. So she tried to mold you into Yeah, and she did successfully. And yeah. she was she an artist too? She was. She sang. And I did some before that, but I wasn't I, I didn't it didn't cl- connect fully until high school musical. I don't know why, but Disney so Hit she completely right see you should doing this instead of yeah she sports. saw it yeah she saw it wow yeah and it was cool because there was an athleticism that I could still bring to the stage you know the competi- uh, competitive 
uh, aspect to theater that I could I could still use. I think like I. I started to see singing as a sports when mm-hmm. I start singing in the church choir. Like now, the church choir that we're in, and we've done some concerts. I said, well, this is pretty tired for two hours just standing there singing. I think we're singing um, concerts. We're singing opera concert, but like for two hours. And it was very demanding. And it's a sports because there's so much concentration so much movement and then I start seeing it, you know, different way and it's not just performing. <laughs> so right. There's a lot of things you need to practice to get there. Yeah, preparation both like, you know, technically but also mentally. It's also I muscle think. memories. Muscle and, memory, yeah. right. But then, you know, the lifestyle that's required of a singer. Mm-hmm. I remember I started studying music um, in Georgia for two years uh, like I think classical voice, you know, mm-hmm. training to sing over um, a symphony orchestra, and it was fine. But for some reason, the the more I the more I studied it, the more I kind of you know fell out of love with it. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. there was something in the the repetition that. Here's the thing: the repetition was very very helpful mm-hmm. in that. Your your job would just go to certain positions, you know, mm-hmm. and and you learn to trust that work, and so I think one thing that was really cool about being able to learn that tool there is that I could bring that tool to other aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you just trust the work. Mm-hmm. You put the repeti- the rep the repetitive hours in. Mm-hmm. You did the technique over and over and over again, mm-hmm. so you don't even have to think about it. Mm-hmm. And so now that you're here and you're doing it. Um, there's a confidence that comes from that. Mm-hmm. So, did have you noticed any confidence that that you've gained from singing that's kind of bled into other aspects of your life? I was like most recent one was really practicing a details, picking on certain details because that's what I learned. What differentiate is really the very minor details. How you how you handle certain notes, how you sing certain notes, and I I was learning. I was self taught Handel's Messiah at home because you know I was asked to sing in this choir, and most of them already know the music. So I have to kind of learn it on my own, and you try a little. It's a big stretch for me back then because I don't know the piece. I was in a daze, like, just wondering, hey, what's going on? Like, I hope I could, you know, in every piece, it's just like two or three minutes. I hope I get through it. Yeah, yeah. And and then I was practicing a lot at home, and I, I find out that method works. You know, if you just listen to it a thousand times to a point that you're kind of sick of it, but it's kind of registered in your mind. So I think that's something you could learn. If you can learn this, you could learn other things. A lot of times repetition, perfecting it every moment of it. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes it's dissecting instead of doing a big piece at one time and just building up from block by block. Yeah, you right when you came in today, you started talking about this technique of learning 
songs, <laughs> starting from the end of the song. That is not working. my technique. That's someone I talked to today, yeah. and she's a pianist. She taught me her method was starting learning the music from the back, the last page, and then build it up. Like literally section by section going backward. Measure by measure. Measure by measure. And I find it fascinating. And whether it works or not, I said, well, someone has to try it. You know, she tell you the method. You know, you only know whether it works for you because it may not work for everybody. But you only, it may work for you if you tried it because right. someone give you advice. That's what it is. Sometimes I give you advice. Like sometimes I say, I'm not listening to it. Even though it's great advice, I don't think it works. But sometimes really when you try it, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm interested too because we're talking about this theme of repetition. From what I'm gathering and I think also from what I know of you, you learn a lot of your music by listening Yep. and just listening and listening and listening yep. and breaking it down that way. I wonder how that could play out with this technique that she was telling you about and... It would be interesting if you start the song really from the back, right. backward and learn it back. I bet the the different energy levels. Yeah, you know, there's a energy, there's a st- a storyline to you know the well, the song. Well, her idea is like the, if you play from the beginning, people tend not to pay a lot of focus, so that's why they play right. badly. They could play it, so that's all, that's all they could play. Huh. But you're doing backward, you're learning little by little, you build it up. Yeah. I would have to try that method. You should. But I do learn, you know, there are times you try to see how the repetition part about what I learned. I learned, I try to listen to how Whitney Houston sing all these notes, and it was fascinating if you listen to her slowly, or Mariah Carey when they sing this riff. If you play the video, slow it down, and you listen to how many notes they hit mm-hmm. within this riff. Like sometimes when you hear it, you couldn't. You just see, whoa, it's great, it's very smooth. But well, well but you listen slowly. She was singing like sixteen notes, <laughs> and I was fascinated yeah. by that. I think you know that's what like this kind of similar to what I learned in the Handel's Messiah because there's also a lot of runs, 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 runs. And I used to have a lot of problem doing that. Not that I don't have any problem anymore, but like, you know, but kind of, I think practice make perfect. So the more you practice, Mm -hmm. the more smoother you will get. And speaking to that idea of learning it from the end to the beginning, Mm -hmm. learning it in reverse, I think if you, if you pay attention to what's demanded of you, like, um, energy wise at the end, Mm -hmm. where am I going? Mm -hmm. Then that informs how you should start. Mm -hmm. So if the end is forte, and strong, right? You can't start forte sure. and strong because where are you going to go? Sure. And I think that that was my, I, I that was one of my issues in singing a lot when I was mm-hmm. taking these lessons at in Georgia, is that I I was very impatient because I knew where I had to be, mm-hmm. and so I would just blast through the beginning. Mm-hmm. I would drop my technique and drop this and drop all intention behind the lines. And then in, when the end came, the parts that were fun to sing, I would engage. But sometimes you, if, you, if you do think about things in reverse, you realize that a sto- you know, there are different levels. You know, a story does have to be told. So if you're like the build up, it's like really building it up. Building it from up. From the backward. Yeah. I see. 
I like that. I may, yeah, I like that a lot. You know, now that actually sounds very familiar because I think in, in acting school we did that with monologues. Oh, wow. Specifically the Chekhov um, semester. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would take the last, we would do it sentence by sentence. But in acting school we called it thought by thought because a sentence is just So because thought, you know? doing that, you're connecting thoughts exactly. better than exactly. you're doing the other way around. Because the other way around, you, you know where you are ending up and so you kind of go on autopilot wow. to just kind of skate until you get to the end, as opposed to just taking it thought by thought and arriving at the end. See, that's what I love, you know, the technique people learn. Not just in one aspect of it. You, you, like you asked me, like, what, how does it affect other parts of your life? And I think this is what you can use from one discipline you learn and move on to. It may not exactly what you do, but certain method, mm-hmm. methodology you use, it might work in the other area. Yeah. So, do you have any other areas other than singing that you think might fall into a, an artist or... Well, the artist part, I, I photograph a lot. And yeah. I would call myself photographer. I would not tell people I'm I'm amateur photographer. You would was, say you're pro, best of the best? I was, no, I would say, well, I'm an artist because I think a lot of times, you know, it seems like artists would be a better label than if you say professional photographers. You have to kind of nail every photo. <laughs> right. It to be like really perfect. Right. I'm not that type of person. I'm just like, you know, I'm just using not so perfect camera, not high, that high quality, but I'm, I have a lot of concept behind it, why I want to do certain things why these images are putting out. I think it's more concept, conceptual for me rather than just looking at the technical part. Yeah. Of course, like, you know, I would like to have the best camera capture everything. For me, sometimes behind the camera is almost like, you know, director, I want people to see certain things. I think these things, I don't come up with it when I first taking photograph. Like, I think I like everyone else with just getting these pointer shoot camera, I was the person that kept recording everything, every moment in a party. Hey, let's do it. And I remember some of my friends like, would you just put it down? We, <laughs> we have enough pictures. <laughs> Still, like there are times like I just want to photograph somebody. Right. Because like I don't have a video on all day long. Right. So I think, well, it's a recording moment. Every moment changes. But I stopped doing a lot. But still, I... My in my initial thought is like, hey, this is a great moment, like right now. Like you want to record the moment that with you, when you were people, then you remember that moment. Wow. And so a lot of my photo, photo photograph is about people. I do a lot of street photography because moment yeah. by moment, and you go on the street and just have to capture it right away. Not that I'm looking for it. Sometimes you just photograph a lot and you end up having some moment you want to select it and what, I, do, yeah. what do you want people to see I think part of me going into photography I I think the early on it's just the exercise of what I think is beautiful oh I think 
I think these are conceptually like I don't know what I'm doing. You know, just could be photographing some dead plants. Hey, I want people to see that. But as I do more, I start to thinking that's what artists does. I would see other people show. I would go to see different things. I was like, you know what? Everyone has their point of view. As an artist, I just have to present my point of view, and I want people to see from what I consider beautiful. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes everyone agree with you. This is beautiful. You get like a lot of hits on Instagram. Everyone like that, but sometimes it's not. People right. didn't like it, but I was like, well, I don't care. At one point, I was like, I don't really care what... I do care about what people look at it, but sometimes I like, you know what? I think this is beautiful. You don't see it. <laughs> you don't right. see it. Right. But I saw it. So that's what I want to bring it in front of people, you know. And I, part of this thing, I photograph people. I think there's a lot of interesting moment emotions. It may not be exactly what it really is. Sometimes, you know, the dramatized one, then you, you know, you just happen to capture it. But I like spontaneous. I like just, it's like the whole process of taking street photography, being a street photographer. You go on street and people keep walking by. You're just capturing part of their life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you get good, good stuff. Sometimes you don't. I'm not a, you know, I would say it's documentary, but it's te- technically it's not documentary because I don't know their life <laughs> because it's just walking by. <laughs> You're just getting that one glimpse. I get, yeah, I'm getting that. Right. But I also, well, that's artistic, taking artistic curator. Like I'm curating these images. I'm not just, you know, I'm, just, I'm not just randomly, I'm randomly photographing, but the process is like, look at all these randomly taking pictures. Yeah. Some of them I selected, some of them I don't. Some of them, you, a lot of them you don't see because I was like, I don't like these. But you took them. I took them. I have a lot, you know, I took a lot of images. Like, you know, whatever you see on my Instagram is really after selecting a lot of... I think my, my, that's the part I love. Curating, is the selecting. Selecting it. Curating. I think what, that's yeah. the difference. Like, you know, I'm not just a wedding photographer just to exactly take. exactly yeah you're looking to to find the stories that are out there yeah or, or my imagined story or your imagined story or <laughs> anything cool. i want to express my point of view yeah certain things like you know like everyone everyone you could find something interesting about everybody you you meet it's just whether you want to look hard enough to that person or you know. Well, going back to acting school, there was one trick that I learned in a workshop that I did where if you're struggling to stay present in a scene, mm-hmm. which for some reason actors have like a really hard time staying present, and the moment the scene is done, they're a human being again, mm-hmm. and then whenever they say scene and start acting again, they turn into a weird robot. But one trick that we learned was like just find one... like. The way that you blink, just the bl- the way that you blinked just now, or like that shadow that's coming across your cheek on your right side, just find that one thing that's interesting, genuinely interests you about a person, and then keep going. You don't fixate on it; you just recognize it, and then you keep going. And I think you have a specific gift for that with people, like not only behind the camera, 
but behind your own voice when you're talking to people. Mm-hmm. You have, I think you do have a gift for seeing people the way that they are mm-hmm. very quickly. Um, and so for you to take photographs of people just repetitively mm-hmm. and then go back and curate, that doesn't surprise me at all. And oh, wow. yeah, it doesn't surprise me that you do that. And um, I remember meeting you and before I knew that you were a photographer as well, uh, when you pulled out your camera, I was like, <laughs> oh, that makes sense. You know, you meet some people and it just makes sense that they would be behind the camera. I remember you used to ruin all my shots by focusing. I was like taking people <laughs> naturally and you're the only person that keeps staring into my camera. I was like, no. I was trying I was to like, make my myself mind, like, known to you. <laughs> I was like, I mean, Michael was ruining every shot. I was trying to take these casual short shots about choir. He's <laughs> looking into my camera. That's just who I was. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was but just saying was hey. I was saying hey. Yeah, but that's what I noticed. I was like, okay, this is fun. Yeah. You no, know, I love that, but it's kind of like, wow. <laughs> Look, if we had had this conversation Back then, I probably wouldn't have done that. No, but there's something special in this sense. Like, you know, I, I never have people like noticing and you, actually paying attention to what you do. Like, yeah, I did. Like, you always I was try interested. to catch like people at that moment with not paying attention. Like, mm-hmm. that's what about street photography. A lot of times you don't want to stage it. I don't even want to ask people on the street. You just take it <laughs> at that moment. Because I think people at, at the natural moment. But I sort of like that when you're focusing, there's a playfulness in it. There's yeah. also there's also an artistic artist statement. Hey, like I'm I see here. you. I'm here right now. So like, yeah. In that sense, like they are interesting because it's you know my work kind of inter you know intertwined with what you're doing. You and now I look at it, I don't want to make more out of it, but the. Right now, when we talk about this, I'm like actually pretty special in a sense because like artists were yeah. talking to one another. You know, I talk with my camera on, and you were like showing up and just hey, that's me. Notice me, I'm here. So is you know I like that part. And here we are, and you're you're stating it for what it is. Yeah, you're good at that. Oh, you're good at seeing things for what they are. I'm telling you. Maybe I'm thinking too much about it. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't seem like you were pondering that. Well, I think that's part of me also, <laughs> like, try to make making sense of the world. Yes. I think everyone do certain part, and I'm, like, try to making sense of the whole world. Why do people... That's why I love talking to people. A lot of time, I really want to find out why they want to do this, or what are they thinking about certain night, mm-hmm. whether I agree with them or not. So I know that about you, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of your friends know that... It- about you, but when you're taking candid photography, some of your subjects may not know that about you. So, have you had any weird, you know, confrontations or people that don't want their picture to be taken, or no, I, they I want tell you people to like there are people mm-hmm. on the street. Then when you take it, and I remember one time on Thirty Fourth Street in Manhattan, it's a very busy corner of Eighth Avenue. I was just photographing. I think one guy with, um, I think a cleaning, like streets, is very rough, tough guy looking. So, you know, I I happened to took a picture of him. I said, well, I didn't really like that image, so I kind of did try to look at it, delete it, and yeah. the court is like, why are you taking my picture? 
I was like a little taken aback. Like no one really, you know, a lot of times I don't talk to them. So when they talk to that, then, you know, I just tell, well, I really don't want to. You just walk like, I was, you know, you make up excuses. Like you just walk into my camera. I don't really want to take a picture. Right. Which is true. I really don't want to take a picture of him. It's interesting. I have it, mm. but like, it's just like, it doesn't look great. I want to delete it. But there was this moment. And one time I also photographed a woman on the subway. I just think, well, you know, I want to do more about fashion, street fashion shot. And she does look really put together. You know, I saw, you know, as a photographer, like as I do more f- photography, I you start paying attention to every details that people <laughs> come across. Oh, this look interesting. Or maybe I should just take a picture right now. That's what like, you know, in, our, in my mind. Uh-huh. And I see anybody on the subway, hey, I wish I could take out a camera right now right. and take a picture. So I haven't took a... And that woman was, didn't like the idea. She was like, that's so rude. You can't... You, don't you have to ask me? I know I don't have to because that's the New York City law. Right. And for a lot of street photographers, I think when you go to a new place, you should find out what the law allows you to do I found out on New York City is like anyone walking on the street, as long as I'm, I'm not hiding my camera, I took it out. I, I take it out and they can see my camera. I can take picture of right. anybody, right. anything in front of me. Right. It's in like a public the, place. When you're trying to act like something isn't yeah. weird, then it becomes yeah. weird. I think a lot of people actually do it on, you know, with their iPhone secretly taking. Oh, yeah, I, it's kind of When creepy. I see that, I kind of like, wow, that's not really. <laughs> these are great shots, but like, it's kind of not. You know, I know some you know famous photographers do that, like Vivian Meyer. If you look at her yeah. work, she, she was actually looking down in her old film camera, and then take it, and people didn't notice. Hmm. Yeah, but I, you know, I've done that, and I got yelled at by the. Right. Then I told her right. why I took picture. I kind of had to explain to them, and also th- there was another guy on subway I took, it, and he's like, "Well, you know, I I, I could beat you up." I said, like, well, I took pictures. Then I show him the image. I said, like, well, I took it because I think it looks, you know, certain things look great. That, you know, the this way- was the picture of the woman? The woman also. I told a woman, I told also this guy. Hey, oh, right, right. The way you dress, that's right. why I wanted, you know, I was trying to do these fashion blog, and these are the real people on the street, yep. which I think they, you know, spend a lot of time or they have some kind of talent to put it together. And I want people to see it. So and it's that, that moment. At that moment, they right change. They, they realize, hey, I'm not yeah. some creepy guy. I want to take a picture of them. And do you see that moment when they realize that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, all right, I'm kind of make it better that way. Because yeah. I normally don't, you know. But talking about even like doing subway photos, like, sometimes I, I have to ask. I just think, this, you know, I don't want a confrontation. Sometimes it's really, if it's about fashion, it's like, well, just sit normally. Don't don't look at my camera. Just do normally, and it kind of in some way staged because they know they're being photographed. But I was just explaining, hey, at least I capture what I want to see. If this person dress, how this person, what this person wears. Right. So I don't know whether I will eventually start a fashion block on that, but I, you know, there's something interesting because it's also. I think as an artist, you pay attention to what's beautiful, and this is something. Fashion is something people do. It's a wearable arts yeah. walking on the street and a way to be seen. 
a way to be seen, a way to self-expression, right. and also culturally, it has a lot of connotation. Why certain people would dress certain way, what style they try to copy. There's like, you know, the hipsters. Certain people take on certain look, the rock and roll. Like, why do people do that? Yeah. So there's a lot of represents and who they are, or they try to hide who they are. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I've been trying to do? What? Is I've been trying to wear, uh, like, basically limit my wardrobe to all the things that I wear, basically variations on a theme where it's the same thing. Jeans, a jean jacket, some sort of a T-shirt with sneakers. And it's that every single day. And I often look at look down at my outfit and I realize I'm showing up to work in the exact same thing that I showed up to work in yesterday. But I heard this, uh, I think on a podcast or something, but President Obama, a lot of presidents, and then now that I think about it, Jimmy Neutron and Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory, a lot of these like geniuses, um, they when they open their closet, it's the same thing. Okay. It's just, you know, a bunch of the same suits, a bunch of the same pants, a bunch of the same shirts that they can just go, Monday, this is my Monday shirt, Tuesday shirt, Wednesday, Thursday, you know. And the inner, the idea behind that is when you need creative energy, you don't want to expend it in the morning, getting ready, trying to manufacture and, and create this beautiful, you know, expression of yourself through clothes and waste all of your energy picking it to look mm-hmm. good. Instead, you can save that creative juice for, or, you know, decision-making mm-hmm. maybe for President Obama. He doesn't necessarily need to be yeah. creative, but he needs to make decision. You know, you save that energy for the time that you need it. And so I've just started trying to wear the same thing every day so that I can then put that energy and focus so not on the same style. It's just like same clothes. It's not really... It's not, yeah, it's, not, it's the same clothes. Well, that's what like, a lot of minimalists were talking about, like just to yeah. cut down to basic essentials items so I, they don't have to spend so much energy so they could focus on doing different things. Like even as far as like using the phone, using mm-hmm. cell phone, using different things, they cut down all the apps they don't use yeah. it so they could focus. Okay, so as an accountant, right, mm-hmm. you see numbers and data a lot Mm -hmm. and you if anyone understands the concept of trimming the fat it's you right so let's take you in your story you're here you you're not you're not necessarily pursuing photography and singing as a profession Mm -hmm. so in your life that they could be considered and i think you even said this extracurricular right or that was before. That like, was before? Like Is that now? Younger. I would like to pursue it professionally. I would like to show my work in gallery. Okay, good. So this is perfect. <laughs> my, here's basically um, my closing question. doesn't mean that we can't keep talking after this, but okay. my last real question for you is this. It's like when you can see the ideal like circumstance of your life, where you're doing all of the things that you want to do. Let's take venue out of the equation. Mm-hmm. So it's not Broadway or it's not, mm-hmm. you know, Guggenheim. Let's just say you're doing all the things that you want to do and you're not doing any of the things that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. 
what does your life look like? I think I always want to be a creative person and and I'm always looking up to people growing up. I know certain people in the media has very creative, whether they were stylists, whether they were during magazines. I still, you know, there's certain people I look up to and I, and I actually met them many years later. I was like, wow, my goodness, I actually met that person. And you know that there's a lot of things in their life. They were doing different things. They were doing magazines. They were doing prints. They were setting up shoots. They were photographing. They were making music. And I like to be that person. Not that I want to be that, you know, my idol, but at the same time, I think we shouldn't limit what we do in creative venue. People mm-hmm. should be trying new things, but I also know that there are time, a lot of time you were in, involved in too many things. You, you're not good at it. Right. Spreading yourself too thin. Spreading too thin. I'm worried about that, but at the same time, hey, there's certain thing giving you energy to do, you know, why can't I be a photographer and also as good at, as, my, as a CPA, as also good at singing? Can I do all of them? May not be. Maybe this few months I de- devoted to do certain projects and I don't know. I don't know whether I want to become one person media artist company. Right. But sometimes like, hey, I, I'm interested to get to know that. But sometimes you also know that, way, well, you know, you have limited time or talent. Sometimes yeah. like you may not really have the talent. You have to recognize that. Some people may do and you might work with someone else. But that was my dream, you know, to be creative, to be... I don't think I need to be recognized by other people to be creative because people... Sometimes I just think, I don't know what I'm showing too much on Facebook. People didn't know who I really am. So you're certain part of your business suffer because people are like, are you an accountant? Are you a singer? Are you right. a photographer? Right. Are you this? Are you that? And people would come to like, oh, you're a very interesting person. But I was like, what do you mean by that? Not that I want to be praised, but at the same time, yes, I have a lot of interests. I guess if you want to talk about it, I am that very interesting. You know, I am interested in a lot of things in this world. And yes. it seems like there were so many things to explore, waiting. I feel like certain part of my life, I didn't live it that way. I just thinking there's only one path. There's only one thing. You know, you work in this job, you attain it. But then I was like, well, not necessarily. And I kind of, I guess meeting you and other young, younger artists. Oh, by the way, I want to take out the 30 years living because it sounds very old at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, it, it actually doesn't. No, but Dom, like, say because like here's like, the thing is that but I've known you for a while and I have no idea how old you are. I wouldn't tell you. You probably could find out, but like. But even if you told me, it wouldn't really matter to me because when I talk to you, I'm t- I I actually feel like I'm being heard and listened to, so it doesn't matter. Great. It doesn't. That's matter. why I want you to feel that. There's, way, there are I no misconnections. Sometimes with me I feel you. like I talk too much to the person. So no, like, well, Dominic, you just keep talking and you don't really listen. I'm glad you said that. No, no. And I try no. to be mindful. Yeah. And listen to you. 
Yes. You, you encouraged me to listen. I think you encouraged me. One thing is, I was very impressed of how you would just keep going out, doing different things for it, struggling through it. And I was like, wow, that's what every artist should be doing. I saw some of my other friends who just stopped, you know, doing different things and not trying out or just settle, find a job. Because I, I used to meet some musician friends. It's like, okay, what do you do after you're 40 years old and you, didn't, you know your career is not taking off? Right. And, well, you, you teach, you do different things. I was like, what? How sad? I didn't, that's why I didn't go into performing. I was like, how sad it is if I have to do that. Can of give up your, you know, your Broadway ambition, you know, audition, because you know that's it. There's no more. But sometimes I just like, you know what? You just have to keep trying. Maybe, you know, if you don't have talent, you probably have to listen to people like, don't do this part. Right. But sometimes I say, you never know whether, and I see that those energy with a younger artist just that, you know, just graduate or just coming a couple of years, come to New York, want to make a name or want to do something and trying out different things. And that was very encouraging. Well, thanks. And in your, your, consistency is encouraging to me. So maybe we can meet in the middle somewhere where you're trying new things and still staying consistent. And I'm trying new things, but with more consistency, mm-hmm. maybe we, maybe that would be a, a happy medium for us both. But also, um, I kind of wanted to, yeah, I mean, this, this has been a great, great talk and a great discussion. So I want to, first of all, thank you, you know, but I also wanted to say this to your last point before we go. I think that there might be two stages for us as artists. There's the stage that's recognized as the stage, which a lot of us, of us came here, you know, moved here to pursue like Broadway, right? But then there's also the stage that is, that's, that's here now. And choices are made on both stages, you know. Performances are given on both stages. Mm-hmm. And to me, as far as artists, in the stage that is always here, where the lights are always on, you give very consistent performances and, and you're a great artist, so regardless of where we end up or wherever you're aiming, mm-hmm. I, I want you to be encouraged in your work. And I hope that anyone who's listening to this is encouraged by your work. Mm-hmm. So if they want to see your work as a photographer, where can they go on Instagram or Facebook? My Instagram hair is Dominic, D-O-M-I-N-I-C-W, Wong. So it's two W, D-O-M-I-N-I-C-W-W-O-N-G. Yeah. That's great. And, and all, there's also other Instagram account. My fine arts account would be mono, D-W, M-O-N-O-D-W, and also color, C-O-L-O-R-D-W. So different things I do. Mono, D-W, color, D-W, Dominic, W, Wong. Correct. Yeah. And then is there anywhere that we could see or hear your singing? You could Google Dominic Wong, D-O-M-I-N-I-C-W-O-N-G on YouTube. I think you need to Uh-oh. have enough, you, ha- you have to get enough 
Big time. Well, you have to get enough followers <laughs> to get your own channel. I used to have one, but like, I guess like you don't have enough. You can get your own channel. Yes, you can, but like they don't put your name on it right, right, until right. you hit certain in part. the URL. Yes. yes, but you also look yes. me up on uh, on Facebook. It's Dom Sings, D O M S I N G S. Dom Sings. So great. Is there anything else that you want to share with me or the listeners or Ben? Well, I always like just encourage everyone to be creative and yeah. try out different things. And like I taking water, that, like I'm taking watercolor class, and I have taking actually painting classes when I was a little kid, drawing classes. But then many years I just don't think I was good at it. But when I do watercolor, I say, hey, it's a different different medium. If they were teaching it, I'm learning it. And you never know how it turns out. Just like you know, when I do photograph, I was just picking a pointer camera until I get a little serious. Then you discover a certain part of yourself. There's a lot, a lot of th- a lot of things that we do is just. I believe as an artist, you express yourself through your work. Mm-hmm. So as you know, performers. So I would encourage everyone just to be creative, finding out ways. Sometimes new mediums. Sometimes think of traditional ones, and until you find your voice. Well, then to close, can I take a picture of you while you're taking a picture of me? Sure. I really, really thank you for coming here. I love you very much. Thanks. All right, three, two, one, cheese. <laughs> All right, dude. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Was it not a good picture? Oh, I don't know. <laughs>